Welcome to the first episode of the Atkins Sports Podcast with your host, Benjamin Atkins. On this podcast, we're going to be talking everything sports, but mainly we're going to focus on basketball because that's my first love when it comes to sports. Uh, So first off, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about NBA opening night. We had two matchups. We had the Brooklyn Nets. Versus the Golden State Warriors. And then we had my Los Angeles Lakers versus the Los Angeles Clippers. The bottom of the basement. The stepchildren. The red-headed stepchildren of L.A. Don't get it twisted. These teams are not created equal. For as much as people like to say. No, Kawhi is not the king of L.A. I'm pretty sure we've proved that already by winning the 2020 NBA championship. See, before, hold on, let me get to get on my soapbox. See, look, what, what always gets me is people love anytime, especially in the last, let's say, decade, ever since the Lob City Clippers, the inception of the Lob City Clippers, People love to compare the Clippers to the Lakers as soon as they get any type of relevance. The Lakers, the most storied franchise in the history of the NBA, not named the Celtics. We want to use the Clippers as a comparison. You know, I find that highly disrespectful and I'm not going to go too deep into that. I might have to do a whole podcast on it by itself, but no, no, and no. The Clippers is always good for the moment, but they never last long. So we're going to see how long they're able to keep up this charade. Because one thing we know is the Lakers were bad for the better part of the last decade. But I will say it here. And I will always contend to this. The Lakers have the shortest rebuilding periods of all time. I will say it once again. The Lakers have the shortest rebuilding periods of all time. You have teams who will win a ring and will be irrelevant for the better part of two, three decades before they ever get back on top. The Lakers last time they won a ring was 2010. I was, was it 2012, 2013? Was the Kobe Dwight fiasco that Lakers that was a disappointment, and then of course Kobe tore his ACL. That was the end of the transitioning out of the Kobe era. Era, and then there was about a five year to six year period where the Lakers were not irrelevant because the Lake Show is always relevant. The national media will always cover the Lake Show, but they weren't as good as expected. The the Laker lore that Lakers fans have become used to was not being met. The expectation was not being met. I will admit that. But guess what? We bring in the greatest point guard in the history of the NBA, Magic Johnson. While some may disagree with his decisions as the GM of the Lakers, there is one thing that Magic Johnson got right. And I do believe that this person would not be a Laker if it was not for Magic Johnson. He will still be in L.A. Maybe he would have went to the Clippers, but LeBron James probably would not be a Laker this day if it was not for Magic Johnson. So with that said. Magic Johnson ushered in the Lakers back to relevance. I'm sorry. Let me stop using the word relevance because the Lakers are always relevant. NBA royalty. Don't get it twisted. My 17 times illustrious tied for the most NBA championships in the history of the NBA. Illustrious Los Angeles Lakers led by the well-known greatest player on the planet, LeBron James. If you haven't got the point yet, I'm a Laker fan. Lakers stand. Call it what you want. But if you listen to this podcast, the Lakers will always be loved. So as I was saying, 
Magic Johnson ushered in a new era for Laker Nation and then was pushed out the way, which I thought was going to be a disaster because Magic Johnson was making some moves that I disagreed with as far as personnel-wise. The only thing that I could give Magic Johnson credit for right now, in my opinion, is the acquisition of LeBron James. But that's all he needs credit for. I mean, it's LeBron James, the best player on the planet, the person that I hated the most when he wasn't a Laker, but as soon as he became a Laker, he then became one of my favorite players. If you're on the team, I rock with you. If you're off the team, you're the enemy. Simple. I thought this was understandable. Now, as I said, Rob Palenka... As the reports say, as people say, as Magic Johnson himself says, stole Magic Johnson's job, plotted on Magic, and look at where we are now. I would say we have the most complete roster in the NBA, even though I'll get into it. I do believe there are some downsides to our rosters. There are some missing pieces, as I would say. I can't even say missing pieces. I say a missing piece. But even though there is a missing piece, there is a change, a shift in the culture that I think will have to take place this season. I still will say Rob Palenka has constructed a almost perfect roster, especially in today's NBA. And he constructed a roster that nobody thought was going to be as good as it was last year. Now. Let's get into the games. I step off my Lakers soapbox. Probably every single episode of this podcast is going to have something about the Lakers, especially if it's during the NBA season, because the Lakers are always relevant. We will go 0-82, and the Lakers will be more relevant than the team that won the championship that year. I don't care. Don't listen to this podcast if you don't want to hear about the Lakers. Lakers stand, admittedly, I'm pulling up the pink, not the pink, the purple number one foam finger. I'm rocking the Kobe jersey. I'm rocking the LeBron jersey. I'm rocking the Magic jersey. I'm rocking the Lamar Odom jersey. I'm rocking the Shaq jersey. Shoot. I'm rocking the Xavier Henry jersey. I'm rocking all the jerseys. I'm pulling out all the stops. I'm a stand, admittedly, get over it. Now, let's get back to the news. Now, so first night, we got the Brooklyn Nets versus the Golden State Warriors. Admittedly, the Golden State Warriors is one of my most hated teams in the NBA. Now, no longer because, you know, they're not actually good anymore. But when they were good, I hated them. And the primary reason, primary reason why I hated them was because I had friends that were Warrior fans. And then I also had friends that were Warrior fans that I didn't actually believe were Warrior fans. There are some people I knew that were fans, you know, from way back. The We Believe Warriors. But then there are people who I believe that just rode the bandwagon. Let me take a sip. Yes, there are people that I believed that rode the bandwagon. And now those people are tri- quiet as church house mouses. Can't get a peep out of them. It's the same way when the uh, Lobsey Clippers broke up and the Clippers were in the downspin. Those Clippers fans that were always in people's faces. Oh, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan. Oh, J.J. Reddick. Oh, we out here. Eric Bliss. Oh, we, the, oh, we better than the Lakers. The Lakers weak. Now you can't hear nothing out of them. As far as the Warriors fans. Now, I do know Warriors fans that still talk to this day, and those are the ones I believe were the real ones. But let's talk about the game. Of course, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. The mainstream media want to push certain narratives and storylines. I don't really care about those at this moment. All I know is that this, this is the case. The Warriors got stomped. It was bad. It was bad. It's hard to watch. I tell I tell one of the guys I know that's a Warrior fan. I'm like, man, dude, I I feel bad for y'all. Because I actually was one of the people that was happy to see Steph Curry come back. I was looking forward to see Steph Curry actually running the team again. I was looking forward to see Steph Curry be the number one option. Side note, I believe Steph Curry should have won at least one of those MV, finals MVPs when Kevin Durant was on the team. That's just me. Take it or leave it. But anyways. I was looking forward to that. And it was uh, in the preseason. I think well, they put, they played the Kings. I can't remember exactly. Don't quote me. But in the preseason, I was watching some highlights. I actually didn't watch the game, but I was watching some highlights. And it was very euphoric. And it was nostalgic. <laughs> I was like, man, it's good to see Steph Curry back in the game. It's good to see Steph Curry back in the game. But 
it was not good to see Steph Curry back in the game yesterday. This was a this was a absolute stomp. The Warriors are garbage. Now, some people will try to make excuses for him and say, okay, yeah, people were injured. Draymond Green didn't play. They got a rookie on the team. That's supposed to be one of their main pieces. Andrew Wiggins needs to step up. First of all, Andrew Wiggins isn't going to step up to anything. Andrew Wiggins is not that dude. Get over it. Kelly Oubre has a better chance of stepping up than Andrew Wiggins. That's just my opinion. Take it or leave it. But as expected, I don't think anybody else expected anything different. This game was not competitive whatsoever. There's memes going around of Steph Curry on the bench as they get stumped by 30. I had to stop watching the game. It was just, it was boring. Like, I'm like, dude, this is boring. And then KD and um, Kyrie only combined with a 40. Yeah, I mean. I'm not saying only as if they needed to make any more. The bench just took over. But what I, what I watched of the game, yeah, this, no, no, no. Now, I'm not going to put too much stock into the game because the Warriors are a bad team. The Brooklyn Nets, obviously, on paper, is a much better team. And then in performance, they're a much better team because, first of all, the combination of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is better than the combination of if they were, even if they were healthy, minus Clay Thompson, even if they were completely healthy and you had the best version of Steph Curry, I don't believe without Clay Thompson that the Warriors are a better team than the Nets. That's what the healthy Clay, not the healthy Clay, that's what the healthy Steph, a healthy Draymond, healthy Wiggins, healthy Oubre, healthy Wiseman, the whole, that, that whole piece. Just keep Clay out of it though, because we know Clay is just having a rough time these last couple of years. I don't believe that these teams are evenly matched whatsoever. And the end score was indicative of that. The end score was most definitely indicative of that. Um, Steph Curry only had 20 points. KD and Kyrie, I don't know if they both, uh, not both of them, but uh, I think KD scored 22. So that leaves Kyrie with 18. Bottom line is it didn't take much for Kyrie and Kyrie in a KD. Like we're going to get those guys mixed up throughout the entire season, tongue-tied all the time. It didn't take much for both of those guys to mop the floor with the Warriors. I honestly, hmm, man, and it's crazy because this morning uh, the media personality, Nick Wright, said that he doesn't even believe that Steph Curry will be able to drag a bad team to the playoffs. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. But what I will say is the evidence is damning. Even though it's only one game, I don't know. I honestly, oh man, will Steph Curry be able to return to MVP form? That's the question. That begs the question. Will Steph Curry be able to return to MVP, MVP form? I hope he will be because Steph Curry averaging 30 is going to be fun. He could average 30 in a loss all day, especially if he's going against the Lakers. Average 30 all you want. As long as you lose, I'll be happy. <laughs> Because far be it for me to want the Lakers to win, but want the game to be actually interesting. I like a good blowout every now and again, but no, especially with the sparseness of the NBA these days. I can't even say it's been sparse. This year, technically, yeah, I would say it has been sparse, especially because of that break. But just the, that drought of sports from March to what, July? I don't know. Some people say that has that wasn't that long. But for us sports lovers, that was definitely that long. That drought has just made me eager to get as much content as possible as far as consuming sports, especially basketball. And the bubble was some great basketball being played. And of course, I'm very happy with the results of the bubble because my 17 times illustrious Los Angeles Lakers native to the homeland won the NBA championship in a six-game uncompetitive series against the Miami Heat. Kudos to the Miami Heat. They put up a good fight as best as they could. Jimmy Butler gained respect across the league. People thought Jimmy Butler was not an alpha. Jimmy Butler is definitely an alpha, whether he is good enough to actually lead a team to a ring 
not in a bubble situation because I think the bubble benefited a lot of teams that would not normally have been in that situation because teams weren't able to go home and away and things like that, the travel and all that that nature. I think it benefited a lot of teams, and I think the Miami Heat caught teams off guard. But Jimmy Butler is definitely a type A personality at the very least, and he's definitely not scared of anyone, and he's willing to take the big shots and he's willing to lead a team as best as he can. But is he actually good enough to get people over that hump? I don't know. That remains to be seen. We'll see how this season plays out. And if he performs the same way in the playoffs this season, then maybe we can bring that conversation back to the table again. But I digress. Anyway, that Nets versus Warriors game, just an absolute debacle. Um, Nobody on the Warriors looked good during that game. Maybe that they were just completely overmatched. A lot of people have the Nets going to the NBA Finals. Um, that is a very good, you know, pregame, not pregame, but way too early pick the Brooklyn Nets. We know the NBA is a very um, predictable league, especially with seven game series. There's not a lot of parity, especially in the playoffs. Um that's why things like the Clippers losing in the playoffs was such a major story because not only did they lose in a seven game series, but they lost while from a three, one um, lead slid three straight games. But anyways, so yeah, the Warriors didn't look good. The Nets looked great. Uh, what else can I say? I still think Kyrie Irving is a bozo flat earth that has nothing to do with sports, but I'll, I'll keep my thoughts to myself as far as anything further. Kevin Durant looked good. Kevin Durant looks good. He looks like he's going to be at least 90 to 95% of himself. I do believe that he's still going to average 27, 28 this season, if need be. Uh, Kyrie Irving, of course, he's going to average a good 23, 22 points. Um, I would like to, I would really like to see how this combination works, especially with the first year head coach and Steve Nash. I want to see how these personalities match because uh, or personalities mesh because Kyrie Irving is I don't know what type of personality that is. He just uh, I don't know. It just hasn't worked with his last two teams, the Celtics and the Cavaliers. Um, he didn't want to be under LeBron James shadow. And then when he got to the Celtics, the young bucks there, the young bulls wasn't having his nonsense. So I don't know how it's going to work here. You have Kevin Durant, obviously, who is the better player. So will you be able to submit or um, what should I say? Will you be able to defer? There you go. Defer to the better player. Or is this going to be some sort of street ball thing? Because remember, they had a podcast earlier where they're talking about, yeah, we don't even need a coach. This is the, the, the foolishness that comes out of these guys' mouths. I don't know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But. On the court, what can I? There's nothing to be said. Kyrie Irving, too nice with the handle. He can boogie on you, pull up, step back, spin jumper, and of course Kevin Durant. I don't care what nobody say. That brother is seven foot tall. Got the handle. Could pull up from thirty. Could pull up from twenty, ten, and five, and take it to the rack, dunk on you, left, right, all that. So yeah, they're they're going to be a problem in the East. They're going to be a problem in the East. Of course, we still have the you know the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I mean, I'm not going to really I I'm not going to lie to you. I don't really count the Miami Heat as an Eastern Conference favorite, even with their performance last year. I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer. I'm just going to be honest with you. I am not a believer. And then as far as the Warriors, yeah, I honestly told my partner, hey man, get your lottery picks ready because them boy are buns, booty meat, cheeks. Terrible garbage. I don't care what you say. Steph Curry could average 30, 40, anything shy of 50, them boys probably not gonna make the playoffs. Now, of course, Draymond Green wasn't there, so I could just be overreacting. I very much will be be overreacting. Very much so. Because I do like to talk that mess about the words, especially after the last four years. Four to five years. The, the Warriors just dominated just the last, you know, five years of the NBA. It was the Warriors and then whatever team LeBron James was on. That's who you could expect to be in the, in the um, NBA finals outside of, you know, the Raptors, those one offs. But for the most part, it was the Warriors and then whatever team LeBron James was on. 
So it's kind of refreshing seeing the ties turn back into the favor of the Lakers as we are taking we have taken our rightful place as the leaders of the NBA, the champions, as people say. But yeah, bottom line is they got stomped. The Warriors are doo-doo. The Nets are going to be a very good team in the East and they are definitely a top five team in the NBA. That's there's no discussion there. There's no argument there. They have one of the top three players in the NBA, Kevin Durant, when healthy. I don't care what you say. And that's that. So moving on to the more important game of the night. Because whenever the Lakers play, that is a more important game. The Lakers could play the bottom team in the NBA, the 30th ranked team with the worst record. And that game would be more important than Brooklyn Nets versus the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't care what you say. As I said, I am a Lakers stand. If you don't like it, log off the podcast or close out the podcast, whatever it is, your preference, whatever. Um, however, you're listening. Just don't listen because the Lakers will be championed here. They will be praised for their rightful place in the NBA echelon. Now, going into this game, the Lakers, of course, are coming off a 2020 NBA championship, one that LeBron has uh, labeled one of the hardiest championships, one of the two hardest championships in the history of the NBA. Whether that is true or not, I really don't care. I'm a Laker fan. Um, You know, I I like LeBron because he's on the team, but trust and believe if LeBron was not on the Lakers, I would be a LeBron hater. So that's, that's his personal issue. I don't care about his personal issue. If you're on the Lakers, you'll perform for the Lakers and you will do for the Lakers. And that is all that matters. Your personal stuff don't care. So as I said, they are coming off of 2020 NBA championship going into this season opener. They're having the ring ceremony. They're ironing Kobe as best as they can. Emotions are still running high. And they're going up against the team that everybody just really, 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 really wants to take over L.A. For some reason, the Lakers are just the villain of L.A. I know. I know why. I know why it is. The Lakers have been running L.A. since the 70s. And they just hate that. Or was the 80s? I'll say the 80s. I think think they were only I think they were only in L.A. since the 80s or the 70s. I don't know. My NBA history is very clouded when it comes to certain things like that. I should probably know that as a Laker fan. I know people are going to talk about me. But anyways, the Lakers have been running L.A. for at least 40 years. And people hate it. And whenever the Clippers, especially over the past 10 years, have any semblance of uprooting the Lakers as the best team in Los Angeles, people are going to hop on that bandwagon and they are going to champion the Clippers to be better than what they are. Bozos. And y'all might think I'm crazy. Excuse me. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but what did the Clippers do last year in the playoffs? They folded like a piece of paper. PG 13% hitting the side of the backboard. Kawhi, no leadership, Leonard. Couldn't lead a trailer ants to a piece of sugar. Oh, but what about the Raptors? You know, he won a ring on the Raptors. All right, look, let's be real. He was in the East, right? Okay, so that's one thing. Now he did he did do what he did to Giannis, but guess what? Jimmy Butler did the same thing and Adebayo did the same thing in Giannis. So Giannis kinda looking suspect right now. He gotta prove himself. But not only that, he in the East, all right? And then he went up against the vaunted KD led Warriors. Boy, KD is sucker for going to the Warriors. Don't let don't get me started. But anyway, he led he went up against the, the the Golden State Warriors, who we all knew if healthy, they were going to win the championship regardless of who was on the other team. As soon as KD signed on the Warriors in what 2016, 2017, I don't know. But as soon as Katie signed to the Warriors, we knew that they were going to win rings every single year as long as they were healthy. So Kawhi Leonard, 
led the Raptors through the Eastern Conference Finals. Led them past the Milwaukee Bucks. Led them past the Philadelphia 76ers. It ended up going against the vaunted Golden State Warriors. And so do you, and what do you know? I do say everybody has to catch some breaks usually when it comes to winning an NBA championship. I don't care what team you are. Yes, the Lakers caught a break going up against the Miami Heat. I do believe that. So what? They can only play who against who gets put up against them. They don't choose who their uh who their enemy is. The Lakers caught a break when the Clippers lost in the second round. Of course. We all thought that the Lakers were going to play the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. And I myself thought that the Lakers would beat the Clippers in seven games. I'm no idiot. I do not do know the Clippers are a very good team, but I do not believe that the Clippers are better than the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Raptors, they go against the Golden State Warriors. And when they go against the Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors are just they're coming off a period of going to what, four or five straight finals, if I'm not mistaken. So they have a lot of minutes on their bodies and that train finally starts to break down because they have had no chance to get maintenance by a not going to the finals, not going to the playoffs, things of that nature. Rest is pivotal. So, I mean, the major thing is not even going to all the other injuries and mishaps that happened over that seven game or six game series or seven. I don't know. Anyway, what happened over that series? Kevin Durant gets injured, tore his Achilles, as you know, and now, boom, he's on the Brooklyn Nets almost two years later. So Kawhi Leonard caught a break. As long as people stay healthy, Kawhi Leonard will not be catching a break this year, just like he did not catch a break last year. He will be having a harder time because if PG-13% is any indication, PG-13% will show up again in the playoffs. So while we're talking about PG-13%, let's just address the elephant in the room. PG-13% look like PG-1300% last game, uh, during the game. That man was balling. Now, he's still a bozo because in the first in the first quarter, He's still getting roasted for that. That man passed the ball to the referee out of bounds. And then he wanted to blame his teammate because his teammate wasn't there. I'm like, man, put your hands down, man, over there crying to your teammate talking about you supposed to be there. You ain't need- you know what? Let me not get started. So that first, you know, that first um, quarter, it didn't look like he was about to do that. But his third quarter, he single-handedly broke the game back open after the Lakers rallied back in the second quarter. Because I thought the game was over after the first. I was like, oh. The Lakers are coming out sluggish, looking tired, and also looking like they just don't care. Because we know that AD and LeBron are going to play uh, restricted minutes this season, especially during the regular season. But in the playoffs, they're going to be going back to, you know, 100%. Um, At least LeBron definitely will be. I think AD should have to play a little bit more. He shouldn't be able to get that break, at least not throughout the entire season. But I think LeBron... Whether or not he's going to get it as far as playtime, he's going to take it while he's on the court. I mean, he's been doing that for at least the last two years, but he's going to take it while he's on the court. And last night was no exception. After the ring ceremony, they already got their rings. They got all that. They got all that jewelry. They got all that, 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 that bling bling on their fingers. It's time to play. The Clippers came out with a chip on their shoulder. They had something to prove. The Lakers have nothing to prove. The Clippers beat them last season opener also. And we see what happened. So let's not die. Let's not dig too deep into this game. You can take take you can have takeaways from the Clippers, but I believe honestly, there's no really um strategic takeaways that you could take away from the Lakers performance. There's no um chemistry takeaways that you take that you could take away from the Lakers performance. Because I don't believe there is much chemistry issues on the court. I will say this, Dennis Schroeder and um, Montrezl Harrell, they're going to be a problem for the NBA. The Lakers are definitely uh, improved offensively this season, which um, is good. But me and my friend, we were talking, they are dramatically um, worse as far as defensively because LeBron James is another year older. So that's another year of breaks that he's going to take, I feel like, on the defensive end of the ball. 
Anthony Davis challenged him to play better defense last year. That was their first season together. I think Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis especially after this bubble performance, uh, not after his, but after LeBron James' bubble performance and the fact that there's only been a 71 break between the end of last season and the beginning of this season, Anthony Davis is going to understand that LeBron James is going to take nights off. So he's not going to challenge LeBron defensively anymore. LeBron is going to decide even more so than he ever has when to turn it on and when to turn it off. So with that being said, as me and one of my friends uh, discussed, I do believe that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to drop seeds this year. That is very plausible because the Clippers are going to go 100%. They realize that that load management stuff did not work. If Kawhi Leonard and um, Paul George load manages this year, they're stupid. They're stupid. They didn't, they didn't learn anything. But the Los Angeles Lakers will definitely be load managing this year, not because of any super diva. No, it's nothing because LeBron James is 36 and has played the most minutes in the NBA out of his career. That's why there will be load managing going on. Now, it may not look the same as uh, other teams have. I honestly believe that this load management will be akin to what the San Antonio Spurs would do in the um in towards the end of the Tim Duncan era where Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker were starting to get up in their older years and Kawhi Leonard was just re, just um getting on the team. This is like the 2012, 2013, 2014 San Antonio Spurs where those three, their three veterans, Tony Parker, um, uh, Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili all averaged less than 30 minutes per game or around 30 minutes per game especially towards the end of the regular season, they averaged less than 30 minutes per game because that was their form of load managing. It was just giving them less minutes. This new form of load managing is simply people not playing at all. Even though, you know, Tim Duncan definitely took nights off, especially towards the end of the regular season those years. But that's besides the point. But I think that's the type of strategy that we will employ this season. Um, we can see it already in action yesterday. Not only was it in action because the Lakers had no chance of winning. Um, of course, we got the game close, but Paul George went off in the third. I'll talk about that later. Paul George went off in the third. We had no answer, and he broke the game back open. And once we saw that, LeBron James wasn't coming back in the game. AD was in the game, but it looked like he was coasting also. These are just my takeaways. Say what you will. It looked like he was coasting also. What the man only took 15 shots. When he was shooting, man, he was giving Zubak buckets. He was giving Kawhi buckets. Dude was still his little that boy um face up, fade away from the post, off the left or the right block, 17, 18 footer, was still money. So he he gonna get his buckets. But as I said, Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell. Yes, sir. Schroeder only shot 5 for 15, which he's going to have to improve that. We definitely expect that he will. Montrez Harrell was the Montrez Harrell that we expected. Defensively, we not expected much out of him. But on the offensive end and his energy that he brings to the game was all there. They both, what, I think they both had double-digit rebounds. And Dennis Schroeder was... Um, just shy of a triple-double. So I know they're going to be a very good fit together. Dennis Schroeder also started, which I thought was not going to happen, but it turns out that it happened. So we'll see how this plays out during the regular season. I think LeBron's making an executive decision and deciding to take a backseat anyway. So it worked out in his favor. If this was the LeBron of five years ago, excuse me, if this was the LeBron of five years ago, this would definitely not have happened, I believe. Dennis Schroeder may have started, but Dennis Schroeder was not going to be playing on the ball. But LeBron, you saw LeBron decide to play more off ball when Dennis Schroeder on the, on the floor. So we'll see how that plays out. I know in the playoffs, and when it comes down to it, LeBron's going to have the ball in his hand. So we, we understand that. I hope Dennis Schroeder understands that. If not, Le GM is going to have Dennis Schroeder traded by the deadline. I have no doubt about that if it doesn't work out. But so far, we'll see. I believe that the tandem of Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Hero was excellent. And then I believe also that, you know, LeBron James took the night off didn't shoot particularly well. That's okay. And then Anthony Davis took the night off also. So overall, I just think the team looks sluggish. Everybody else except LeBron James and Anthony Davis did come out and it looked like they were ready. It looked like they were ready to play. Um, I think Kuzma, boy, Kuzma let the, let the money get to him and he came out 
he came out looking for a shot. So I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad because I mean, hey, I mean, he's he's now he's paid like he's supposed to produce, and yeah, definitely I do expect him to produce. So matter of fact, I'm not even going to knock the aggression. I just need you to make your shots, young man. And then you know Wesley Matthews. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on Wesley Mat- Wesley Matthews and Mark Gasol. This is now. This is one of the key takeaways that I've seen from this game. I don't put too much stock into this game, but I do believe that this takeaway is going to is going to be something that stands throughout the entire regular season and into the playoffs more so. But the Lakers already have had an issue guarding perimeter players, especially long wings, long tall wings, which is I think why the Clippers were always so um, highly regarded when it comes to against going against the Lakers, because the Clippers have the very thing that is the Lakers' weakness: guarding wings, long wings, tall wings, the Kawhis and the Paul Georges of the world, guarding those people. The Lakers have had an issue with that because we have smaller perimeter defensive players. They can stay in front of you because we were very good on defense. We can stay in front of you, but we have a hard time keeping you out of the paint. We have a hard time ding you up if you can shoot over people, which was evident last night with the performance of Paul George. Paul George was giving everybody buckets. Everybody was getting a turn of that 33 ball. Everybody, we put KCP on that man, bodying him up, coming off the screen, shooting the three. Wesley Matthews, boy, Wesley Matthews was looking like barbecue chicken. They were saucing them ribs on that young man. Paul George was eating that young man alive. Everybody except LeBron James was getting toasted. Kyle Kuzma, and Kyle Kuzma has the size, you know, but for some reason they do this young man like they used to do Blake Griffin back in the day. How LeBrake Griffin was actually, you know, of a competent size, but the word on the street was that he was soft. They do Kyle Kuzma like a little brother because he's as tall as the people he's defending. Kyle Kuzma is legit 6'7", 6'8", so he has the length. He should be able to keep up with a lot of these players. But for some reason, they just be giving that boy buckets. And then still we filing people on the three-point line, man. KCP's closeouts. Oh, they irked me. I remember in the playoffs, in the finals, he would, um, there was one play when Dennis Rod, not Dennis Rodman, um, Duncan, Duncan Robinson shot a deep three and he fouled him on a three. He did the same thing last night to Paul George, but that time Paul George made it. I'm like, come on, man. This is tough to watch. These wings gonna eat us alive. And Wesley Matthews, just another defender on a perimeter that can't guard tall wings. Oh, man. And it's like we would have an answer for these people if LeBron James was younger. But since LeBron James is older, we already understand he's not going to take these assignments. I'm sorry. LeBron James is not going to be guarding Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and also have to perform on the offensive end night in and night out. It's not happening. It's not even worth it. So this is why I say it. We're most likely going to have to drop um, – we're going to have to drop a couple seeds, maybe one or two seeds. I don't know. And then during the playoffs, we'll have to just turn it back on. LeBron James isn't um, this isn't a uh, foreign to LeBron dropping seeds and then turning it on in the playoffs and then still blowing out the competition. Let me take a sip. Ah. This is not foreign to LeBron James at all. So, as I said, the Paul Georges, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Jason Tatum's. Shoot, um, these people are going to be an issue because there's only so much that AD is going to, AD can't guard everybody. You want AD in the position of being able to help protect the paint because this is another thing. We no longer have a secondary rim protector. An athletic secondary rim protector. Mark Gasol can protect the rim, but he's a savvy veteran big man who's old and slow, who's going to have to pick and choose his spots. And only because of his intelligence, he's going to be in the right position. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, to a lesser extent, were both shot blockers. And then also they were able to come weak side, throw it off the glass athletic defenders that was the anchor of our defense last year 
On the perimeter, we could stay in front of you, but if you had larger perimeter players, they would cause us problems. A la Jimmy Butler. That's another play. Look, see, it just happens. But that paint, you wasn't getting nothing in the paint. When we decided to lock down, we could get up in you, drive you off the perimeter, send you into the bigs. They throw it off the glass. We yell an outlet. Buckets. Next thing you know, you're down by 30. This year, I don't know how often we're going to be able to do that because our only athletic um, interior defender is Anthony Davis. That's our only rim protector. So he's still going to give us two, three blocks a game, but we won't get another two blocks a game from our backups. So I think I can see that being a culture change. Not a culture change because we still have – man, what's the head coach name, dude? I'm drawing a blank right now. Anyway, we still got that head coach. I'm drawing a blank. I know he's a former head coach of the the, the Pacers back when Paul George was on the Pacers. <sighs> I should know my head coach's name. Don't talk about me. But yeah, he's still a defensive head coach, so he's going to coach defense. But I do not think the defense will be as effective as it was last year unless somehow we become a great perimeter defensive team. Somehow we must find a way to stop large wings. Because they eat us alive. Ah, Luca, even though he's not a wing, I mean, he's a point guard, but he's the size of a wing. So a Luca Doncic is going to give us issues because if LeBron James does not want to take the assignment, that means a KCP, a Kyle Kuzma, a Wesley Matthews, they're going to have to take the assignment. They're just as simple. Because LeBron's going to LeBron's trying to conserve his energy for the playoffs. We know once the playoff happen. He's still not going to take the assignment unless he absolutely has to pick and choose his spots. He's 36. If you want a 36-year-old to average 28, 8, and 8 again, this is what it takes. So anyways, I believe that our defensive uh, prowess will be diminished to a certain degree this year. Um, There may be flashes here and there, but I think that we're ultimately going to have to shift to a more offensive heavy team. Um, Better shooting, even though I don't know, Schroeder's not that good of a three point shooter. It's crazy. We I feel like we lost some something on defense and then didn't gain three point shooting on offense for I mean, Wesley Matthews could shoot, but who's going to want him in if he's getting cooked? Now, of course, it means one game. Paul George was just having a great game. I have to see how he's doing over the season. Is he consistently getting burnt by the competition? If not, okay, I'll let up off you. But it's very reminiscent of Danny Green versus Jimmy Butler. First of all, Danny Green was seeming like he just was getting cooked by everybody. Whoever he was on, he was just getting busted. Dude, the way to do move around the court just pissing me off. But anyways. So we'll see. But I do believe that our offense definitely improved. Of course, shots weren't falling last night. So, you know, we'll have to work that out. Of course, if it's it's a night where shots aren't falling, shots just simply aren't falling. But I do, I know on paper, our offense improved, improved. Our defense, I think, I think our defense took a step back. And I think our defense will continue, not continue to take a step back, but I think that step back will remain consistent throughout the regular season. I do believe that. Uh, I think that's the major takeaways for the Lakers. For the Clippers, the Clippers' offense looked very, very good, very, very, very good. Um, the ISO ball seemed to have been seems to have been eradicated from the Clippers. At the very least, they're running more two man game. You know, they're not. You know, they're not a conventionally built team with a true center starting. So you know, that'll be a that'll be something to deal with. But. Just to sit around, Kawhi, you know, ISO, see if I got some, pass it off. Paul George, see if I got some, pass it off. That that game, if that game is gone, that makes the Clippers even more of a problem. If Paul, now this is the big thing. If PG 13% cannot shoot it off the backboard and average 30 in the playoffs, of course, which is not going to happen, he not that dude. That's still got to remain on Kawhi's uh, shoulder, so I know I'm just wishful thinking or anything. First of all, I know it's not wishful thinking because I don't wish for that to happen. I wish for PG 13% to shoot 13% in this playoffs coming up, also. 
But if Paul George is anything like the Paul George that he was tonight, consistently throughout, excuse me, consistently throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs, the Clippers will be a problem. And I think the Lakers will definitely lose in the Western Conference Finals. There's simply no answer. We don't we don't have an answer for both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And this is another thing. Kawhi Leonard did not shoot particularly well last night. What he's had 26 on 26 shots. Kawhi Leonard did not shoot well last night. And we still lost. Now, I can say the Lakers came out sluggish and was dragging, but the Clippers came out trying their hearts played their hearts out and they only won by seven and the game was much farther apart than what the score indicated let's say the Clippers won by double digits 10 11 I would say like the average if that was never if there was never no inconsistency in the deficit of the game 20 points they weren't able to maintain that type of lead throughout the game but of course the game did not remain at a close one two point game throughout the game so yeah I'll say about 10 points is where the lead would have settled on average I would say I don't know this is, I'm not looking at any numbers. I would just say how it felt watching the game. So they only won by 10, which is a, you know, a, a handsome deficit. You won handsomely. You definitely won. This was not a close game. There was no doubt as far as, um, I mean, there probably could have been doubt throughout the second quarter. Oh, maybe the Lakers will come back. But no, they won it handsomely. There was no fluke. The Clippers won last night. And if... Paul George can have a performance like that. A couple of those performances each series, man. Man. Because think about it. Kawhi Leonard did not play that well last night. Kawhi Leonard did not play that well last night. Paul George put the team on his back and broke the game back open after the Lakers closed the deficit. Let me sip. Put the team on his back after the Lakers closed the deficit. PG 13% looked like PG 1300%. Killed them boys. Killed them boys. And the sad part about it is in the playoffs, LeBron James can only pick up Kawhi or Paul George. He can't do both. Preferably neither. Preferably both of them aren't playing at an MVP level. And we can get away with LeBron not having the guard either. Because we have bodies to throw at them. They're just not going to be big enough. They're all too small. Well, maybe uh, Markeith Morris. Maybe. I'll get those mixed up. I don't know which one is which. Which one we have. Maybe our Morris twin that's on our team <laughs> could pick up the other one. And then I don't know. But as far as our perimeter defenders, the KCPs, Wesley Matthews, Kyle Kuzma's, KCP and Wesley Matthews are too small. Kyle Kuzma is the same size as those players, but for some reason, every time he's guarding somebody that's better than him, he looks too small. The vets just be doing them like they're his son. Or, no, no, he's their son. There you go. So, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. With the Clippers, yeah, the Clippers, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Because also we have um, Lou Williams, who's notoriously bad in the playoffs. So we have to see if these can they keep it up, man? That's really the thing is for the Clippers. Can they keep it up? Because we've seen he folded in the playoffs, man. That's really what it comes down to. We're looking for the playoffs here. The Clippers are one of the favorites, so we know that we cannot judge their performance during the regular season. We cannot hold any merit during their performance during the regular season. Or we cannot hold any merit of their performance during the regular regular season because they're a playoff team. They're a finals team. We're looking to see if they can win the chip. At least that's the way I look at it. Especially knowing that these cats like to take days off. Now, we'll, I don't believe they're going to be doing that this year because they saw them days off, came back to bite them in the butt. But yeah, that's that's what I got out of those two games. LeBron AD took the night off. Harold Schroeder going to be an issue. If PG 13% to keep it up, the Clippers might be able to do some course the Nets are going to be one of the best teams in the league KD Kyrie I think they're both going to be playing at a high level so I think KD can return to an MVP caliber player I do believe that I don't he's looking good I don't care what the Achilles is um and then Steph Curry I don't know I don't know if Steph Curry I mean I, I, I do know that if they're even if Steph Curry averaged 30 I don't believe that this team is going to be going too far 
maybe eighth, seventh seed, to be honest. That's just how I feel. Maybe I'm going to call me a warrior hater. I'll accept that. But that's just how I feel. And then also, I do believe if he became, if he returned to MVB caliber player, I don't, I don't know. Nick Wright might have a point. I don't know if the, I don't know if he's going to be able to drag that team to the, um, I don't know if it's going to be able to drag that team to the playoffs. I know I just said seventh AC, but I don't know if that's going to be possible. I don't even think he's going to, I don't even think he's going to have those type of numbers remotely close to those type of numbers. I think Steph will probably have about 22, 23 points a game, eight assists. I think Damian Lillard's going to have a better season. I think Steph will have the equivalent to a season of a Kyrie Irving as a second fiddle to Kevin Durant. I think he's going to have that season as the primary option. I'm probably wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I like watching Steph play, but that's just how I feel. I'm probably overreacting. Maybe I am, but that's just how I feel. I think, yeah, as I said, I think Dame's going to have a better season. Uh, I think Jamal Murray's going to have a better season. Shoot. Even though Devin Booker's a two, I think Devin Booker's going to have a better season. I think, uh, uh, what's the cat out, of the cat out of the Utah? I can't, I can't remember his name right now. I think he is going to have a better season. Any other point guards out there right now? And I'm missing, I know I'm missing somebody. I'm not talking, I know I'm missing like a Chris Paul, but I don't. No, Chris Paul's not going to have a better season than Stephen Curry. No, don't care. Hmm. Hmm. I know I'm probably missing some other team that got, you know, I'm not talking about Luka either. This, bro, let's not, let's not even go there. Thinking about, like, other point guard led. The perennial point guard is in the league, man. I think. Steph will not be the at the end of the season we will not be championing Steph Steph as the best playing guard in the league. Once again. I don't think we will. I think we're I think the NBA is having a hard time accepting the fact that it might it, the Warriors dynasty probably is over. Not, not not probably. That dynasty is definitely over. And I honestly, even with even when Clay comes back next year, I think it'll be a, a tad bit too late. But let's not go there. But yeah, man. This is the Atkins Sports Podcast with your host, Benjamin Atkins. And I'll catch you next time, man.